0: For joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast with your co-host Kirk. Hello, hello. I am your other co-host Cam. We live in a very different world than we did the last time that we recorded a podcast, Kirk. Um, so we're doing a different kind of podcast today. Right? Well, that sounds fun. We are. We're so no cold open today, as you probably noticed. We're changing it up a little bit. We're going to do a little bit of an abbreviated episode to kind of hit the reset button. So for those of you who didn't see on Facebook. I moved over the last weekend. Kirk was heavily involved in that move, probably much to his chagrin. Uh, He was a good sport about
1: it. I loved every moment (laughs) of it. You don't have to lie to me.
0: I mean, you probably did because you're like one of those guys. I hate moving with all of my heart. There's nothing I hate more. I woke up, so it was like three straight, you know how these guys. Three straight days are just the most brutal workout. (laughs) It's like... Going from sitting on your couch every day to doing P ninety X like mm-hmm.
1: that—that's what it feels like. Um, See, when you're not the person moving houses, though, you because you, you know how horrible it is. You're like, I'm going to help him as much as I can.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and you were coming off like you recently moved. Yes. So you you
1: feel it like my, it's it's a little bit close. My empathy was just soaring for
0: you, and <laughs> yeah. Jackie. You're like, I've been there. It's the worst. And also, when you when you are the person who's moving. You feel the need to be a martyr, you know, to carry every like every heavy thing. I'm like, I'm on it. Who wants to help me? Like, I'm gonna be on it. My dad at one point was like, "Hey, you're like about to pass out. You need to chill out. (laughs) Like, you've carried every heavy thing. Like, just take a seat. It's gonna be okay." So anyway, we had that going on last weekend. Family's getting settled in. Everybody's good. Everybody's loving it. Love the new place. So, thank you to you, Kirk, and to everybody else who helped us out. We took a couple days, sabbatical, to social distance and to and for me to get settled at my house.
1: We did. There's actually a, a, a six-foot plexiglass between Cameron and I right now, yes. too. So anything we spit across into the microphone, cannot reach each it's other. It's like at
0: Subway whenever they don't let you sneeze on the <laughs> <laughs> on the sandwich materials. That's what we've got going on here.
1: It's also bulletproof because I know Cameron has a death wish on me, so.
0: It's true. If Sometimes I get frustrated and I just pull my Glock out <laughs> and I'm like, this is it, Kirk, so. It's for the best, honestly, but yeah. So took a couple days. We're going to fast follow with an episode probably early to mid next week. So didn't want to give you too much content here because we're going to have more to talk about next week's episode. I'm very excited about next week's episode. We'll get into that a little bit later, but for right now, we're going to be reviewing a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Thank you to everybody who voted on our four movie poll. Yes. We did a little like Facebook reaction poll. Um, it was close it was very close um between a beautiful day in the neighborhood and the last black man in san francisco so we'll have to circle back around and hit that one at some point because that's on prime that's an easy one to to knock out and i really really want to see that film but for this week we got to do a beautiful day in the neighborhood so we'll be sharing our review on that and as you might expect most of our what's popping actually all of our what's poppin' is going to be in some way related to coronavirus covid19 whatever your buzzword is for it okay end of the Um, world armageddon (laughs) yeah i mean whatever you want to call it that's what we'll be talking about because like i said it in the open we've got this is a very different world then so think about this kirk today is thursday Uh, date of recording is thursday the what is it the 19th (laughs) the 19th man i'm struggling (laughs) Last time we recorded was last Tuesday. So that would have been the, I'm bad at math, the 10th, right? (laughs) Sure. Yeah, it would have been the 10th. Okay. So since then, here's what's happened. (laughs) All of the major sports leagues are shut down. Every concert, every play, every (laughs) musical gone, Mm -hmm. not happening. Um, Schools are closed. Everything's closed down. That's happened in a little over one week. So this is a very fluid situation. In the last couple of days, the movie industry has really taken a hit, okay? Because we've got AMC and all, and all the major theater chains were sort of in this like Mexican standoff, you know, like <laughs> who's going to shoot first, right? Yeah. And it was what are we going to do? And so you started to see some theaters saying like we have a new social distancing seating policy. You have to sit three seats away from the nearest person, which I was like, that's never gonna
1: work. Which honestly, it lasted one day. They came out, someone made that graphic, they were like, I got this, this is beautiful, we're gonna put it up on social. Next day, boom, sorry guys, we're closing. Yep. Sad.
0: Yeah, and so AMC was the first major chain to say, we're we're shutting it down. You know, we we cannot move forward. Um, I applaud them for that decision. I know that it's not an easy one, especially in the theater industry and uh, most of the major theater chains have followed suit yes. so that's where we're at this is obviously going to change up our show a lot i think in a good way it's going to
1: broaden our horizons a little bit us. yeah, yeah. What's really cool is that you know there are some people who can't get to the movie theaters as often as we get to because we've um, we con- concocted this plan to get to the movies every week and tricked our wives and families. I know, right? man, dude, it was
0: pretty brilliant actually if you think <laughs> about it. Well, I you know I have to go. I'm
1: sorry, I don't want to go. I have to go. The people need us, right? <laughs> so it's kind of neat because now we are we have to find movies that people can get access to pretty easily. Otherwise. Well, we because we can't see the new movies because there's right. no movies to be there's seen.
0: There's nothing, there's nothing
1: to go see. Unprecedented. It's crazy. What I love about this, this whole conversation that we're having, two things. What, one, it serves as like a time capsule for someone in the future. Yeah. That, like picks up. on. Our, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They pick up on this, like, let's say in 2023 and they're like, dude. They were alive. This podcast was happening during that. That's crazy. And then second, for someone who like uh, Jared Leto, who just came out of his meditation right. camp, and he's like, Whoa, "What's uh, what happened?" I
0: know, man. He just he came out of a uh, hyperbolic time chamber. Basically, he's he like, "What <laughs> what happened here?" He's Paul Rudd in Avengers Endgame. He's he just is. like, "What in the world?" Oh, that just it goes to show. If you stick Jared Leto away from society for two weeks, this is what happens. Yes. I never would have guessed that the <laughs> that, that would be the triggering point but here he's, we are. He's the butterfly effect the butterfly effect. <laughs> yeah.
1: Don't mess with Jared Leto. <laughs> yeah.
0: Protect him at all costs. Um So yeah, we're going to have a very different show. I I'm, I'm looking forward to diving into older films, diving into films that you guys our listeners can bring to our attention that we haven't seen. Very much looking forward to that. Looking forward to Embarking in a totally new era in film. Um, you may have heard that uh, NBC Universal became the first studio in history to break the sacred theater window policy and to not wide release some of its newer films straight to theaters, but to actually put them in uh, video on demand. And those will be available starting tomorrow. Those films include The Hunt. Uh, Trolls World Tour, which I don't think that one's going to be coming until later on because it has a little bit of a later release date. Mm -hmm. Emma, and then a movie that we've already seen and reviewed on this podcast, The Invisible Man. So the way that's going to work is starting tomorrow, some of these films are going to be available for $19.99, video on demand. I assume that's going to be all of your major uh, platforms, iTunes, um, Amazon, Vudu, whatever. You can pay Mm $19.99 and get a 48-hour uh, rent window. So is it
1: rent only? It's rent only. Okay. So you're
0: not going to own the film. So you're paying. You're paying a premium rental price to be able to watch the film in your home.
1: But if you, um, now you will have to pra- practice social distancing. <clears throat> See, I've lost all ability to speak <laughs> during <okay>. the coronavirus <laughs> social distancing. But however, there's a good chance that you live with someone. Um, so you can- split the cost. If you're married, well, then you already share your cost. Well,
0: right? and then I would assume like how this is going to go down for us. <laughs> Kirk is that one of us is going to rent it on Amazon. Oh yeah. We're going to watch it. Day 2, we're going to share our password with the other person. <laughs> They're going to watch it. Because you can watch it as many times, right? In that 48-hour window? Would or no? I think so. We'll find out. We'll we'll pull, we'll let you guys know. Or we'll I'm going like, to
1: pull know. up FaceTime and set you next to the the end table so you can watch my screen. <laughs>
0: yeah, we'll just we'll just do that. <laughs> Um, so so that's why I said I'm really excited about next week's episode because right now we're thinking about checking out The Hunt. That's a movie that's been on our radar for a long time. It's a highly controversial film. It's one that was supposed to release in theaters last year and got delayed because of the controversy. Uh, controversy if you're British. <laughs> and <laughs> so we're eager to check that guy out so we're going to do that this weekend. We may hit you with a double review. Kirk's, Kirk's trying to talk me into that one a little bit. He was like hey man, Just Mercy comes to VOD (laughs) this week if you want to hit that one up too. So I may be
1: persuaded on that front. Anyone can be persuaded by Michael B. Jordan. Yeah,
0: you're just going to like probably bombard me with Michael B. Jordan gifts and be like, look how awesome Michael B. Jordan is.
1: Thank you so much for that idea. (laughs) Oh, no. Long ago, I I bombarded you for a week straight of Nicolas Cage gifts. Yes, that was awesome. And I think it's time for a little little spin on that.
0: I love the Nicolas Cage gifts because what was really funny is like, after you started to run out of like the base Nicholas Cage gifts, you started to send me ones that were like a gift within a gift. So like, <laughs> it would start out looking like one of the basic Nicholas Cage gifts, but then there'd be like some weird twist to it. Um, it really kept me on my toes. I really enjoyed that period of my of my life. It was it was a very, very, very prosperous period for me.
1: Stay tuned. There's gonna be what if I get a Nicholas Cage and Michael B. Jordan mashed? <laughs> <gift? laughs> oh no, that would be. I don't, I don't think the world is ready for that, Kirk. Well, what are we ready for? <laughs> I don't know.
0: Nothing, apparently. So, um, yeah. So that's that's the where we're headed with this show. If you have recos, hit us up, man. We love recommendations. We love to make recommendations, but we love even more to receive recommendations. Yes. We love to hear somebody say, hey, have you guys seen this? And we're like, huh, what? gotta yeah. check it out that's yeah. we're
1: ready for it guys i know you saw it on social media if you haven't already uh, cam had this great idea to create the quarantine queue hashtag quarantine queue. Um, <laughs> hashtag quarantine and, queue. Then, and then we talked about it for a little bit and we we're like let's get a shared list and we got on to letterboxd which is a a huge platform for film review and such you can get it on your app store very easy so just search for popcorn for breakfast in this thing called letterboxd that's letter b-o-x-d and look for the quarantine queue. There's a link in our social as well.
0: Yep, links on social. Letterbox is a really cool platform. You can basically it's like social media for film. You can mark all the films that you've seen. You can mark which films you like. You can leave notes. Like you can type out a review, or you can just be like, "Hey, I really liked this movie. It was really cool. It had Leonardo DiCaprio." Boom, done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's a lot of fun. We're gonna be looking to do more with that platform going forward. So keep an eye on that. But yeah, the quarantine queue is basically. A bunch of films that Kirk and I love that don't get that, how should I phrase
1: this? They're like underdog films. Underdogs, hidden gems, you know, the, whatever. whatever. Um, uh, Diamonds in the Rough. Thesaurus. I need a thesaurus.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, so these are films that
0: we hope you guys haven't seen, frankly. If you have seen them, that's okay. Um, but if you haven't,
1: that would be even better because these are chances for you to experience some new films that's right most of them we're going to try to keep streaming but sometimes we just get too giddy and we'll add them to there and you can rent them for five 4.99 or whatever
0: yeah so even though this is a little bit of a dark this is a dark time no doubt about that um there's a lot going on that's very scary the great thing about it is that film this is why kirk and i love film this is exactly, this for scenarios exactly like this this is why we love it and we hope that this podcast and any of the movies that are recommended to you or any of the thoughts that we share can help act as an escape because that's really what movies do best is they act as an escape for all the things that are going on. So last night we watched A Beautiful Day in the neighborhood. I was in the midst of all these crazy things that are happening. I'm moving into a new house. I've got, you know, I'm, I'm on quarantine day six, you know, like all these different things. But for that two hours, I was just like, able to melt into a puddle and slide into my TV and (laughs) live in Mr. Rogers neighborhood. And it was awesome. So hopefully that can help you out.
1: I want to bring something up about how you said that escapism, um, we can definitely get away from this through films and through, through TVs on your streaming platforms as well. But what's really funny is that people, and I'm guilty of this, have started looking at films and TV series that are all about pandemics. Yes. And, and there are several of them. In that top 10 list that Netflix dropped just a week and a half ago, Outbreak is big outbreak is big on there. So that's got your boy, Dustin Hoffman, Renee <laughs> Russo, Morgan Freeman is in this film. Uh, yeah. Cuba Gooding Jr. is in this. It's crazy. Then there's also this other, uh, so that's outbreak. There's also a show, I believe it's called Pandemic. And there's like three other ones that yeah. keep like popping in and out. Contagion of the, is Contagion. one. Contagion, yeah. yeah.
0: Even uh, uh, Planet of the Apes, the new Matt Reeves one. Yes. The whole p- premise of that, which I did not remember actually, mm-hmm. is that there is a pandemic that's like wiping out much of civilization and the apes are taking over. So when I saw that video the other day of like the monkeys fighting in the streets of Thailand, I was like, Oh no, it's happening. (laughs) I was like, this is it. This is it. No, but it's okay. So if you,
1: if that's how you want to process it again, I had never seen outbreak and I, I needed to get some tips on how it happens and it's very accurate. It's scary.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. Um, it's, it's a very interesting time, man. Like these are, things you hear about, you know, like doomsday people prep for these things mm-hmm. and you, you hear about these things. And when it, when you're actually watching it unfold, it's pretty surreal. Um, but we really hope that all you guys are safe, feeling healthy. We hope, you know, Kirk and I, I would just want to say we are not medical experts. We are not experts on virology or anything <laughs> like that. So if anything we are saying is scaring you or anything like that throughout this podcast when we talk about it just know that like we are not the experts we encourage you to listen to the experts that's mm-hmm. what i've been doing um and they tell us to stay inside i'm like check <laughs> can do um so that's where we're at um other things that that are going on in the movie world as we kind of continue in our coronavirus what's popping movies are getting delayed left right and center and that that actually started before our last episode we got to break the news of no Time to Die, and some others. Now, I don't even want to read the list because just assume any movie that was supposed to be, be released between now and, what would you say, June, Kirk?
1: June, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's getting delayed. I mean, we heard this week that Black Widow is now delayed. That's huge. That had a May 1st release window. Um, so that gives you kind of an idea of where we're at. We don't know when that's getting rescheduled for. You're seeing more of that happening where No Time to Die was sort of the first one to do it. And they slapped they the November, November date on it. Yeah. Everybody else is like, hey, we're delaying, but we have no idea. So,
1: 2024? I don't know. Yeah, it's bad.
0: So that's where we're at, um, which is why there's probably not going to be a ton of new movies unless more people follow suit with you know, the v- video on demand stuff.
1: Which they should. I think it's a, a very good choice.
0: Do you think... So you called my attention to this today, that there's a petition going around to put Black Widow... On Disney plus because Disney has been very active yeah. throughout this, you know, they understand their role. They understand that they can give people An escape so they put frozen to on Disney plus months ahead I mean it was supposed to come on there in April. So they put it in on in early March. They then you have um, A couple other films they added early um, So they're they're playing their part, you know, they're like we understand that we can help out here Let's help out and people of course human nature they're like we want more (laughs) give us black (laughs) widow i don't think there is any scenario in this world that we get black widow on disney plus for free no chance i mean i would put the odds of that at like a million to one but there is a chance they could put it on vod there is a chance we could get you know a 24.99 black widow rental who knows which i would be down for obviously (laughs) i'm all for it i mean i'd like to see it in theaters but I don't know. I'll take what I can get at this point.
1: Yeah, I could even see Disney just, you know how they have Netflix parties now, right? Yeah, sure. So maybe doing something like that. <laughs> like, okay, you and your friend, find all your friends. It's going to be like X amount of dollars, like $150. But find your friends, you can split the cost. I could see that happening. Um, or, you know what? It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, um, it would be magical if they did put it on Disney Plus And it would w- just win so much with them. Yeah, Because I've heard these rumors that now Apple is in position to purchase Disney because they're losing so much from the parks being closed. Well,
0: Apple already had enough cash on hand to purchase Disney, which let that sink in for a second. Okay, we always talk about what a Goliath Disney is, what a multimedia powerhouse they are. Apple could just, with their spare cash hanging around, (laughs) they're like, eh feeling cute might go by disney later i don't i don't know you know like that that is a reality for them and i and one that i think a lot of people think could happen so that's pretty interesting
1: yep so i think it w- i think they should uh someone even mentioned i think one of our listeners said what if it's even like a limited release on disney plus sure like you have three days to watch this yeah do it i'd do it or even one day yeah I mean, it would strange. crash
0: their platform. <laughs> it would, we've seen, we've seen that movie. So yeah, um, it would crash their platform, but yeah, like a three day window. I think that would be appropriate.
1: I think it'd be really cool.
0: Could be interesting. We you don't, you never know. I mean, like I said, everything can be upside down next week. So who, who really knows? But, um, if someone, here's what I'll say. You mentioned the Netflix party. If anyone listening to this podcast right now is technologically, technologically savvy, enough to Mm -hmm. teach me how to set up a twitch stream with a timer on there that'll show like where in the movie we are please hit me up that'd be cool because then we could all watch movies together and enjoy our little quarantine movie watch party and guys i gotta say my kid goes to bed at eight eight o'clock at night so i got tons of free time (laughs) would love to be watching movies with you guys so if anybody could help me pull that together we could we could have a, a pretty good movie party here during our Little self quarantine.
1: Raise your hand. Carpe DM us. Yeah,
0: just hit us up. You know how to reach us. Let's let's make it happen.
1: Text us. What if we gave everybody our cell phone numbers?
0: That's an option. Just I don't like- I don't think anybody wants them, but that,
1: that is an option. <laughs> but I'm talking about. Remember, this is a time capsule. So when we're oh, right, super right. big we're, yeah, in the yeah, future, they're right. like, "Oh, cool! I got his phone number."
0: Yeah, that's no, it's an option, Kirk. Anything's on, everything's on the table. I'm so bored. <laughs> I'm so I'm so bored, Kirk. Please help if you hear me, please. I'm six days in. If I see one more episode of Puppy Dog Pals, oh, yeah, I, dude, I'm ending it. I, I, just, <laughs> I cannot, I frankly cannot take it anymore. <laughs> I come like so. Marshall's routine is he wakes up, he eats breakfast, he plays at lunchtime, he watches a 30 minute show. It's always, always right now, Puppy Dog Pals. Mm-hmm. If he's still eating after that, we'll throw in another one just for our own sanity. And then sometimes at dinner, we'll watch another 30-minute one. Yep. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I just, I can't. And every day, I'm like, and I never thought I would say this, but every day, I'm like, hey, Marshall, you want to maybe try Mickey Mouse Clubhouse? Let's, like, mix that in. Maybe, I don't know, like, Muppet Babies, Daniel Tigers. I don't care. Anything. Yeah. No. It's only Puppy Dog Pals. Oh.
1: And, you know, it got real today. Uh, my son discovered that there's a sequel to Peter Pan. No, and he turned no. that garbage on. Uh, what was it Peter Pan Back to Neverland, where it's like Wendy's right, it's daughter? Wendy's daughter. I, Jane. What, I watched way too many. Why is that minutes. the
0: plot of every Disney sequel from the 90s? Just get oh, it's daughter. Ariel's daughter, it's Wendy's daughter,
1: it's, it's Simba's daughter, yeah, son. Simba's son. Yeah,
0: come on, guys, not very uh, unique, yeah. So send help. I <laughs> I need I need some way. You know we're doing we did finger paints tonight. Shout out to my wonderful wife. She was like we're doing finger paints. We're not doing puppy dog pals. I was like praise the Lord. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm just saying I'm at the end of my rope. Animal Crossing comes out tonight at midnight. It will be on my device at that time.
1: Well, I, I was gonna try to text you, but I I, think I guess I'll see you in about a week.
0: Yeah, it I'll be gone, long gone. <laughs> I'm just like phew, shutting it down. So it'll be it'll be interesting times. Okay, so that brings us to our review, which this week is of A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which is it's actually my turn to describe it, isn't it, Kirk? It is. It's my turn. Okay, so I will describe it now rather than teeing up your description. A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood follows the story of Lloyd Vogel, who is a writer for Esquire Magazine. And he's he has sort of a reputation for being a bit brutal <laughs> on his subjects. He's Kind of like a gotcha journalist, I guess. He's like looking for what's wrong with people. He's like, it, he writes like exposés and stuff like that. And because of this, nobody really wants to talk to this guy. Um, he's widely considered to be one of the best magazine writers in the country, which is funny to say now that in, in this year, because magazine writers uh, are not that big of a deal anymore. <laughs> but Lloyd, uh, Lloyd's boss, Ellen, decides it's time for him to change that image and so they're doing a uh, long story short esquire's doing um this puff piece essentially on heroes childhood heroes heroes in america etc and she gives lloyd the assignment of talking to fred rogers aka mr rogers to which he's like what so that's basically it i mean that's the story of this movie i mean we do come to find out that like mr rogers um chose lloyd he liked his work and Mm. wanted to talk to him so that that adds a little bit of a wrinkle to it lloyd is a new father i think the important thing about this movie is that on the surface this is going to look like a movie about mr rogers and i don't think it's what most people expect it is more so a movie about lloyd vogel and his relationship with mr rogers that's right that's exactly um, right definitely something to keep in mind as we go into our review that it's not just Your straight cookie cutter, cut and dry biopic about Mr. Rogers. I think, you know, you and I both were like, hmm, Tom Hanks as supporting actor. You know, whenever we saw the nominations, which was kind of our first clue here. Um, Makes a little bit more sense having seen the movie. Yes. All right. With that, let's dive in. We're going to go with, and the Oscar goes to. This week, I am giving my Oscar to none other than Mr. Tom Hanks himself. Easy choice. Probably one of the easier choices I've had. The difficult thing for Tom Hanks at this point in his career is that, and, and you can't—he can't help this, and you can't help this. <laughs> when you turn on a Tom Hanks movie and he hits the screen, your first thought isn't, "Oh my gosh, it's Fred Rogers." Your first thought is, "Oh my gosh, it's Tom Hanks. I love <laughs> Tom Hanks." You know, everybody loves Tom Hanks, so um, there's nothing you can really do about that, and and that's okay. But to his credit, I was like, "Let's see how he." you know manages this performance and within 10 minutes that had faded from my my mind because he just gave a really really inspiring performance and he did an excellent job and i think i was talking to somebody at work who said i think tom hanks is the only person that we collectively would trust to portray fred rogers and i was like that's exactly right so heavy burden to bear for mr hanks he handled it with grace as as you would expect and gave a really good performance
1: yeah uh, I also chose Mr. Tom Hanks. You, you. So shout out, Tom. Uh, right now, he's in, literally at this moment, he's yeah. in quarantine with his wife, also an actress, Rita Wilson, because they got diagnosed with the terrible COVID-19 Yeah, we didn't streaming.
0: talk about that. that. That's new news, too. Idris Elba, as well. Yes. So.
1: Yes. Wishing them the best for sure. For real. Um, What's really cool, Tom, there's lots of crazy facts about this movie with Tom Hanks. Um, Tom Hanks is a sixth cousin to Fred Rogers. Yes. That's insane. Um, I love how you, you talked about how, yeah, it's, it's Tom Hanks on the screen. One of the things I vividly remember uh, my wife, Aubrey, she is so good at dialects and she likes to talk in different dialects and match different um, people on screen or just like creating characters for her job. And there was another movie, I think it was Bridge of Spies, where he yeah. was supposed to have a distinct accent from a, a very specific region, or it was Captain Phillips, and he just didn't have one. But it didn't matter, because it was Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> but in this one, he had to really focus. He had to get away from his uh, his own rhythms in his, in his vocal ranges, and he did it. What is really cool is I've uh, recently heard about Dana Carvey's impressions, uh, and Dana Carvey doesn't go for a spot-on impression. He's not there for that. He's going for the general idea of what this person is when he is mocking people and parodying people. Sure. And while Tom Hanks does not make a mockery of Fred Rogers, you can definitely still hear tom hanks voice in it but you always always when he's on screen see fred rogers come out in his character and that was what was so neat so endearing and so lovely to watch
0: yeah i agree wholeheartedly um i think for me the first scene where i really was like okay now we're talking like i mean i mean he gives a good performance throughout but the scene where i was like wow he's one of very few people who could do that was the Scene where you see him behind the puppet stage playing with Daniel tiger. Yes And just like the physical acting his his facial expressions his his voice his inflection All of it was just cash and you're like, okay, that's why they pay him the big bucks, you know Like that's why he is Tom Hanks Academy Award winner Academy Award nominee perennial like superstar
1: every man. Yeah,
0: that's that's
1: that's him. Did you watch mr. Rogers neighborhood as a child?
0: Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I was getting all the feels, man. Just, like, seeing uh, King Friday and seeing the trolley. And I forgot about Picture Picture. Yes. Where they – I always thought it was so cool that he had a VCR that was basically, like, in his wall. Yes. (laughs) You know, and it went up on that picture. Um, Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was a good little – good trip down memory lane because it felt like – I don't know. Like, I must not have watched it that much because it felt like a distant dream. Yes. You know, like a – like you're like, oh, this is vaguely familiar, but like you you know what it is. You just don't remember all the ins and outs of it.
1: Yeah, I had the same thought too because I remember, I remember sitting down and wanting to watch that as a kid. I just didn't like let it sink in or yeah. saturate like my memories because it was just so pleasant to watch probably like yeah, it it's not like t-
0: sesame street like it's-, it's not
1: a very active watching experience yeah like you can sit there and you know you're trying to you know he's teaching you about how to process your feelings which is insane to think about that back in the 19- <laughs> yeah. late 1960s and 1970s um also i just looked all of the mr robbers mr Roberts, mr
0: <laughs> mr Roberts appears
1: again <laughs> two he's weeks back. in a row no <laughs> mr rogers neighborhood are all on prime right now season one through seven. Oh, for real yeah i double checked oh that's before funny
0: i should have done a little bit of a uh, little research on that before little, uh, i came in
1: here r&d you know is that what it is yeah, yeah. Okay, research good. and development <laughs> i
0: mean no development except for unless you consider developing thoughts yes but yes research for sure um okay let's move into scene stealer okay my scene stealer this was tough because Well, I'll tell you who my scene stealer is and then I'll tell you why it was tough. My scene stealer is, uh, Matthew Reese who plays Lloyd Vogel. And this was tough because there's, there's almost no character dev in this movie. I feel like outside of Tom Hanks and Matthew Reese's characters, I feel like those are the only characters who really start at point A and end up at a different point B, you know, uh, in a, in a substantial enough way to where you feel like there was a journey there. And so, Matthew Reese was really the only other substantial character who got a chance to like experience a personal journey and to experience the dynamics and emotions of everyday life. And so I thought he did a, did a good job. I didn't think it was incredible. I think he was better in the scenes that he shared with Tom Hanks for sure. Um, Sometimes you see that and Matthew Reese hasn't been in tons of things. I mean, this was probably his first, like the biggest movie that I've seen him in personally um but i thought he did a good job i really did i thought that the scenes where he didn't have as good a performance i'm more putting that on his Mm co-stars and and the overall lack of development of those characters that he's acting with because it's just really hard to tell a compelling story if there's not one there and and in some scenes that just was the case frankly like there just wasn't much to care about and so he was sort of fighting uphill through those scenes but when he had to deliver he did it and so that's why i would give him scene stealer
1: yeah he was in uh one of my mom's favorite shows the americans from yes, fx yes sure I've never. I've watched the first episode, but nothing past that. Sorry, it's a good
0: show. I haven't. I haven't. um, I think I only made it like two seasons in before I got distracted. But I really enjoyed
1: what I saw. Uh, Quick tangent. Uh, Carrie Russell just is on fire right now. She killing it. I I wish Felicity was streaming somewhere because I feel like I need to go back and watch her. She's killing the game right right now. So um, just a little sidebar to other Americans. Yeah, yeah. Well, who's your scene stealer? My scene stealer is going to be Mr. Chris Cooper. Yeah, he plays. What's his name? Lloyd Vogel's dad. Lloyd Vogel's father, yes. Jerry? Jerry Vogel. Jerry, that's right, yep, because there's some... there's some uh, issues. There's some daddy son issues there. Yeah. Which is always makes for good film. You know, you're like, what are they going to explore? Are they going to fix it? Or are they, they going to explode? And I just, uh, I don't, I haven't seen Chris Cooper in like a gajillion things, even though he is in a gajillion things. Yeah. Uh, but I've seen him in enough things to know that he really put the effort and work in for this film. Yes. Um, to, to really just solidify the the Mister Rogers world, uh, even though he wasn't really in in depth or in Mister Rogers world, he was affected by it, and he really took the time to make sure this character was crafted well. And I mean, he's a he's an Academy Award winner, um, so he's got the chomp the chomps the chompers to do it.
0: <laughs> I struggle with Chris Cooper, man.
1: I don't know what it is.
0: Yeah, I, I think I've seen him give a couple of bad performances that just kind of like poison the well for me. And I was having a hard time fighting through that as I, was, as I was watching this movie last night. I thought he did give a good performance. I did. But there's history there for, for me for some <laughs> reason. I don't know why. I just like, whenever I see him, like, oh, eh, that's Chris Cooper. I don't know.
1: You know what I think about when I think about Chris Cooper? I think about he was one of the first people that I, one of the first actors that I wanted to memorize his name just so I could start memorizing actors' names and like link them to all the films they were in. Yeah. Why Chris Cooper? I have no idea. Probably yeah, that's be- a weird place to start. Probably because the Born Identity. He was in the Born Identity as tre- oh. Treadstone leader. Yeah. And before he got axed. Spoiler alert. He was
0: in Breach too. I think. Did you ever see that movie with Ryan? F- I've not F- Felipe? seen that. I've not. I thought it was good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did. He Chris Cooper plays kind of a creep in that movie, yeah. which seems fitting. He's you know He's got a very pointy face. So. Yeah, he played a bad guy in the Muppet movie That's right. with Jason Segel and Amy yeah. Adams.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I got to give it to Chris Cooper. Again, the the rest of the supporting cast was, I think it was more so the storyline. Because I think so too, man. You, you I, got your girl, um, my favorite from This Is Us, uh, Susan, and I'm going to butcher her name, Susan Kalichi Watson, who plays... Uh, Oh gosh, Mrs. Pearson, um, uh, Beth Pearson, and she is just on fire on that show. So I would have given it to her, but Chris Cooper came in. Yeah, I just really think that,
0: I really think the character dev left something to be desired there. You know, I even think about um, his boss. Yeah. Like, what a pointless
1: character. (laughs) Also an Academy Award winner. (laughs) I
0: know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it just didn't, they didn't do that character justice. Like, just give us something to care about there. It doesn't have to be much. Yeah but just enough. So whenever we see her later in the film, like there's an emotional connection there, I don't know, like something. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there just wasn't enough of that there. So, okay, let's move into showstoppers. So, um, my showstopper, it's hard to convey, but I'll, I'll try it. I think it was the boldness of this film that they, that they did not follow the conventional biopic path. I, I actually dug that. It got a little weird, which was kind of refreshing in a yeah. way that like it didn't always work for me. that like the weird transitions that they did and like the dream like sequences where Lloyd was like inside Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. all that stuff didn't always hit, But I give them a ton of credit because it was creative and it was different. And I, I think, for me, i I'm not always excited to watch a biopic. I'm just not because, I've seen so many of them and so many of them follow this very formulaic approach that whenever I walk into it, I expect to be lulled to sleep. And I was pleasantly surprised that this one got a little bit weird and they did some different things and they, they use some different effects and um, not effects. That's a bad, that's a bad word to use, but they used some different um, approaches and tools to kind of like move this movie along. And I thought that that was interesting, particularly when they dug into like, Those dream sequences or like even the very first sequence of the movie where he's, um, Mr. Rogers is there and he's opening that picture board. Yes. And he opens that picture of like Lloyd, Lloyd Vogel with his face all bloodied. And he's like, this is my friend Lloyd. Like it's a very jarring, kind of weird, almost dreamlike scene. Yeah. And I, I dug that, but yeah, I mean, I, I just think overall shout out to them for trying to do something a little bit different here. Yeah, they did.
1: It very much reminded me of uh, a Mark, uh, Mark, Mike, again, can't speak. I think I might have the coronavirus. (laughs) (laughs) That's not one of the symptoms, but sure. (laughs) <laughs> dementia. dementia. Dementia, yeah, that's that's what we're looking for. <laughs> uh, for Mike berbiglia was in a film called uh, Sleepwalk With Me. Yes. And it very much intentionally dreamlike. He can't tell what's up from down because he's like an insomniac and he's he's not sure what, what's real and what's not. Um, it had that kind of vibe for me. If you haven't seen that, there's also, of course, Eternal uh, Sunshine of the Spotless yes. Mind. Those, there are scenes, the whole movie's not like that, but there are these, they filtered those in very just neatly and they weren't like like a surprise but they just like gently crept up on you yeah and you're like whoa you're okay.
0: like oh is this real is this not and that that kind of effect which is cool and kind of gripping
1: yeah you know? so i just had to say that
0: yeah yeah love it
1: um i did love the transitions to this show very this is very simple showstopper for me because it was so beautiful so in the mr rogers neighborhood whenever they're traveling somewhere else other than his his room they have these very specific transitions that are like claymation stop motion um little models moving around to different places whether it's Mm -hmm. a plane or cars or buses and it was just so cool like all right we're gonna go to the hospital and they and they showed them driving in these tiny tiny vehicles over (laughs) over a bridge so i just love that that part was in there because it was so unique and you can't do that with any other film like that's mr rogers right there Yeah, so I thought it was neat.
0: I yeah, I dug that. That was that was a really cool piece to this film for sure. Um, Let's go to the flip side of that coin, which is director shoes and what we would have changed or what kind of fell short in this movie, for me. And I know this is an annoying one, so please bear with me. To those of you who are going to be like, "Oh my gosh," I think the problems with this movie start before they even hit record. You know, before they even started taking film, and that is because. I think this is the wrong medium for this story. I think a movie feature film just doesn't work here. I, I think that you need way more time for character dev. I think you need way more time to build relationships and tell more of a long form story. Um, because where I found myself throughout this movie is just really losing interest pretty often, you know, wanting to scroll my phone and wanting to kind of look away just because I didn't much care for Lloyd's story, like didn't feel particularly sympathetic or compelled by his story. It wasn't super relatable. And overall, I just felt like, wow, why should I care about that character? I know nothing about that character. You know, the only character I really knew anything about coming into it was Mr. Rogers, and all I knew of him was what I saw on TV and heard in documentaries and things like that, so... I really think this would have worked better as a book. I don't know if it was adapted by a book i didn't even I didn't even look that up, but I don't know either. it seems like something that could have been adapted from a book mm-hmm. to be honest with you um I think it'd make a great book i I don't think it'd make a great t v series because it doesn't really go far enough like oh okay, maybe yep. a really short limited series, series or something like that, but movie feature film not for me, and I think it ended up being a little too. One dimensional, a little flat, and just ultimately didn't hold my attention for very long, which is a shame because technically, I don't feel like they did much wrong here. I yes. mean, te- from a technical perspective, I think that they um, put together a really well crafted project. It just, like I said, it, from inception, there's nothing that they could have done better with this project in my mind. It just, wasn't meant to be Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i think one of the biggest issues that uh, that i had for the director's shoes i would have recast uh the what i keep forgetting his name lloyd yeah lloyd the the other character (laughs) opposite the main character technically the protagonist next to mr rogers yeah uh matthew reese i think again i haven't seen him in much just that one episode of the americans (laughs) sorry mom uh i one of the things that i read was that after i saw the movie was that he he's from he's from the uk he didn't know of mr rogers which makes sense because that was like an american staple sure so i think there was a lack of connection of knowing that magic and knowing that he's he's taught us he was our teacher um in preschool and through grade school until until he stopped doing it you know so There, there was a magic that was unknown by the actual actor. I would have recast him very, very simply, just right out. I couldn't really connect to anyone except when Mr. Rogers was on the screen, Mm -hmm. and he was a supporting character. So that main character has to be a home run, and it wasn't necessarily for me. Now, if you love Mr. Rogers, you're still gonna like this movie because it has so many. It's so integrated with the show and with who Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers, was as an activist and. Um, just a, a general just lover of kids you know he was just like kids are great kids of the future kids need to be nurtured and and sh- there's a book called um what is it called the is it called thank you bear um, or oh, I don't know. where he's got the, this bear, like gets a little box and he's, and he, no one appreciates it at all. And so he goes to all these other animals. And at the end of it, he gives it to the animal he intended and it's a mouse. And he's like, thank you bear. I'm so excited. It's just an empty box. Uh-huh. And I feel like that's who Mr. Rogers was to kids. Cause sometimes, especially back in the sixties and seventies, kids weren't, you know, Oh yeah. Rewarded. Nobody gave a crap about kids, man. <laughs> no, yeah, no,
0: like, like yeah. you're just cast aside. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, like my like people who are my parents' age, like they until they could work, they were pretty much useless. Yes, like <laughs> call me when you're older. You know, like
1: are you are you 11 yet? No. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, so that's that's how I feel that the if so if you if you still if you're attached to Mister Rogers that way you still will enjoy this film. But if you're if you're someone like us, there it just lacks a few things that could have been tightened to make this really really unique and strong. Yeah,
0: I dig that take, and I think that you extrapolate that out and and really what you're hitting at is that the highs are not high enough. The lows are not low enough. You know, like, yeah, there's this great payoff as I'm sure you can expect where it's like, Mr. Rogers is a fantastic, amazing person as we all knew. And, and, you know, this character kind of realizes that. Um, but just, yeah, to your point, it doesn't feel magical enough. Like it should feel like, oh man, this is beautiful and amazing. And it should, it should make you cry. Honestly, I was expecting to cry in this movie. Didn't even come close. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's I think that's exactly right. The highs are not high enough. The lows are not low enough. And I think that, yeah, you can pin it on Matthew Reese. You can pin it on direction for sure. Uh, probably that's where you should start, honestly. But um, Matthew Reese, you know, he he has an incredible, to your point, has an incredible role to play in the emotional direction of this film. And yeah, I mean, if he doesn't know any better, he doesn't know any better. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's, it's it's a really good point. All right, let's do overall thoughts, score it. Um, I think there's a lot to like about this film. I think that you can find plenty of things to, to like about this movie, and I think that if you're in the right frame of mind um, or if you come in with the right expectations, you could walk away thinking this is a great, great movie. Um, for me, I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't a cookie-cutter biopic. dug that. Um, but as, as I stated earlier, the, the emotional impact and kind of what you were talking about, Kirk, like that whole kind of flatness of it, it, it leaves this movie falling short and you kind of start to feel like, man, this could have been better. I think it shouldn't have been a feature film as I stated before. So, um, man, it's, it's hard because it's really not, like I said, it's really not a bad movie. They didn't do much wrong. It's just, it's just not a great movie. And so for that reason, I'm giving a 7.7 7 out of 10. I think, you know, I give them a lot of credit for um, the way that they approached it. I think it was the right approach under the circumstances, but I just think that it that's where it peaks for me. So yep, that's the size I'm going.
1: I'm just going to throw it in there like I always do. They need to hire us to watch the film and then we'll give them notes and they can go to reshoots yeah. because <clears throat> we're great. We're great. <laughs> I would have canceled it though i
0: would have been like nah man that ain't it yeah <laughs> that's have,
1: like, gonna be a no for me dog. <laughs> i'd have given notes to the writers and say hey listen you you got this you're almost there um, go back to the go back to the writing room uh, actors hang tight go to each of your individual trailers and let's redo this thing just re- redo bits and pieces of this because it had such good potential um, I love the 90s atmosphere a lot of a yeah lot, I mean, dude we, we we meet him at the in the 90s 96 is that right yeah 96 or 98 like mid to late 90s it's so cool because that's like our heyday right And so they're playing Raffy in one in one of the scenes as he's walking into his apartment <laughs> yes. and the and um, uh I can't think of her real name, Susan or Beth Pearson from this is us, right? She is like having like a mom conference, like all moms with like new <laughs> babies are just like, there's like 30 of them throughout their apartment. Yeah. Uh, I just love that. They, they did, they destroyed that. They did such a good job with that. So um, well, all that said, I'm going to go ahead and give this a 6.8 today.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's it, this movie, you know, the thought that I had that I totally forgot about until just now is this feels like the flip side of late night to me. Yeah. Late late night had no business being a good movie. Just period. <laughs> like from inception, had no business being a good movie. And I ended up giving that, I think, an 8.0 because it really delivered in a way that I was not expecting. And there were parts of it where you could definitely pick at it, but overall, like I felt the emotions hard. Yeah. I was like, man, this I did not expect this movie to move me, and it did. This feels like the opposite. This should have been a slam dunk home run, amazing, amazing film. And it didn't get there so it, it's it's an interesting
1: one for sure it is I, I want to also point out this is uh Tom Hank's ninth appearance in a movie based on a real story.
0: It's crazy how could he it doesn't even make sense <laughs> like if you actually think about it like how could he portray so many different people yes it, it's 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 odd
1: three of which he was semi related to
0: <laughs> yeah, dude, bizarre, totally bizarre, but hey. Um, and then there's Cloud Atlas which like vouch <laughs> <laughs> that movie that movie is like came the closest oh. to tarnishing Tom Hanks that I think any movie could for me <laughs> I saw it and I was just like yeah
1: <laughs> he's also one of the only actors to win back-to-back years at uh, winning Academy Awards oh wow mm-hmm. what a beast yeah Forgump but I think Forestgump in Philadelphia I yeah think was the one or the two uh-huh don't' that fact sounds right
0: no that does sound right though um all right no schoolyard pick this week this is this is it little abbreviated episode yeah um thank you guys so much for listening like you said we we know it's trying times hopefully this gives you some bit of relief um if there's any way we can help i know my my sister texted me and kirk last night and was like guys i need a show recommendation i need something to watch um we're happy to do that we watch a lot of stuff we are happy to if you like our opinions we can give you something to watch um We just want to help out. We know that it's hard for everybody for different reasons. If you're working from home, you've got kids at home or dogs, or maybe you just like being around people and you don't get to do that as much. I mean, all of those are very real concerns. We feel you. Um, but remember movies are a great escape. We hope to bring you as much movie content as humanly possible as we all go through this together. Um, you can always, as always, get a hold of us on social or by email. You can also always support this podcast by giving out recommendations. We'll continue to keep the content flowing. Again, I want to figure out some way for us to do like a movie club or watch movies live together, something like that. Because we're all gonna be endorsed for a little bit. Um, or a lot of it. Or a lot of it. So let's just let's embrace it and make make, make hay while the sun doth shine, you know, like Oh wow. Yeah. Try to. <laughs> that's the second time I've used this <laughs> phrase this week, and I've hated myself both times that I did it. Um, but yeah, I mean, as we go through this, let's try to make make it as enjoyable as humanly possible, and everybody stay safe, stay healthy, stay indoors if you can. Support local businesses if you can. I know it's incredibly difficult. Um, shout out to Papa Vito's, which is my favorite local pizza place. I'm definitely going to be supporting them during this time. I'm going to be ordering some delivery.
1: Yes. If you also are in, are in our area in the St. Louis and Metro East on the Illinois side, Benny's pizza in, in downtown yeah. Belleville.
0: Yeah. Plenty of local businesses that are stepping up and, um, we should be stepping up for them because, and, and here's another thing to remember, cause I see lots of, and, and we're doing this now, you know, plugging small businesses. Please remember that the that that mcdonald's down the road is probably owned by somebody who lives in your area you know it's probably not owned by mcdonald's corporate correct it's probably a franchisee so these are real people if you give your money to that mcdonald's you're not giving money to some big corporate machine that's probably going to people who work and live in your area um so i'll get off my soapbox there
1: but just spread the money around whatever whatever money you do if you have if you're not stocked up on groceries which i know i'm like I, I'm gonna run out, so I, I need them to stay open. <laughs> right.
0: Yep. So stay safe, stay healthy. Listen to experts. Don't
1: panic. We're here for
0: you. And that's gonna be it for us. Special thank you, as always, to Ryan Spriggs, who helps us out this week. Uh, pretty exciting. We're actually recording at Casa de Dulin, Yeah. Which is a huge step in a direction that we've been trying to go for a long time because. If we can mobilize this show and where we record it, then that gives us tons of opportunities to do remote recording, to do video content, which is something that Kirk and I have been striving for for a very long time. So um, keep your eyes peeled for that. And so Ryan hooked us up with mic stands and mics, and he's always been very, very helpful. So thank you to Ryan. And of course, Ryan Spriggs and Brandon Arison for our amazing theme music, Until next week when we review The Hunt and possibly just Mercy. I'm not going to commit to anything, Kirk. Oh, you'll commit. I'm not yet. I'm not yet going to commit to it, but it's growing on me. Um, We will talk to you guys next week. See you then. Stole your line. (laughs) (laughs) Are you going to play the outro? Yeah.